you know, so much has been said about experience coming into the NBA Finals. The Warriors are making their sixth Finals appearance since in the past eight seasons, while no one, no player on your team has um, competed on this stage. How much does experience really matter once you compete in the NBA Finals, though? I think once you get out of the initial uh, media circus and the intensity and how everything is much more exaggerated, obviously it's not much different when you get on the court. Uh, we have guys that, have, that are young but have been through a few Eastern Conference Finals already. And then our path this year, you know, two game sevens and um, playing some high-level teams and taking a tough route, I think that's prepared us more than anything. I coached in two finals uh, my first two years in the league, got to Western Conference Finals as a player myself. And then we've had other coaches who have been through it and, you know, and won championships as well. And so we can kind of give our advice on what's to come. But uh, once we get out there, I think what's really been good about our group is and not caught up in the, the moment, um, the game sevens, uh, playing on the road. You see our record. And for more so than anything, it's just basketball. At the end of the day, that's what we try to stress. And I think uh, that's the benefit of our group being so young and approaching it that way. Back with the NBA Finals edition of the Causeway Street Podcast. My name is Joel Pavone, and I'm joined by Sean Dutra, and once again by Zach Pelican, and we're going to preview the NBA Finals, because guess what? The Celtics are back in the NBA Finals for the first time since 2010, and they're going to face the almighty Golden State Warriors after taking care of the Miami Heat in seven games. 100 to 96. It's a little, uh, little closer than uh, than most would have liked it to end that series. Hell of a series, but either way, the Celtics advance, and we're here to talk about it. So, fellas, what are your thoughts, pretty much, on how Game Seven ended and how the Celtics aren't the favorites going into this series against the Golden State Warriors? I mean, depending on who you talk. They're not the favorites. Oh, well, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> when I say they're not the favorites, it's more like the the, the national. Yeah, ESPN had them at like an eighty six percent chance to win or something crazy like that. Yeah, that that good old uh, what is it? Power index nonsense. Yeah, guy yeah. bullshit, which is weird. It's just wild. But uh, okay, first thing, uh, was it a little bit of a letdown at the end of that that Heat series? A little, but it. Take away from the fact that the Celtics got the job done, right? That's all that it comes down to. So, um, huge in way to sort of sack up at the end of that series and travel back down to Miami, which you didn't want to do, play the, the game for the full 48, went down to the wire, unfortunately, at the end there. But I thought it showed a lot of, uh, again, Proved everybody wrong about the Celtics and that they are a front-running team. They they aren't able to handle adversity. I think this playoff run has showed you, hands down, they can handle anything that comes in their way. That includes the Warriors. Yeah, I mean the Warriors are are definitely should be favored in this series with their championship experience. Steph, right? I mean, just his aura being fawned all over by national media and basketball sort of fake fans all over the world but like it is it's the passing of the torch like the chance to put down the team that you know has been reigning 
reigning over the NBA for the past 10 years and just make a statement. This is their, this is say that they're fully here. Um, those are my initial thoughts. I mean, I, I was actually pissed to hear all of the negativity of how we acted to the finals and how we got there rather than the fact that we're the last two teams in the NBA in the final standing here. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's feels like the heat are getting all this praise for losing <laughs> game seven back. Yeah. And for almost like, you know, pulling off the, whatever the comeback rather than the Celtics, you know, after four attempts in the Eastern conference finals in six years to finally get over the hump yeah, with this, same, with this core, those same people would be killing anyone for giving the Celtics a moral victory. If the sides were turned. Yeah, especially especially like the local media. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Oh, that's been pissing me off this week. But uh, other than that, man, I'm stoked. Subs in the final, baby. <laughs> Zach, your thoughts on uh, on everything so far? Well, I mean, I always try to take the approach of if I were to sit back and be in my seat in the beginning of the year and think to where we are right now, how would I react to it? And I said in the beginning of the year, I thought this team had the capability of being a top three seed. I didn't think that that was out of the realm of possibility, and we saw they could do it. And I said, you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'd be pretty happy. That was about, that was about the bar that I set for them. For them to jump that bar and get to the finals, to me, just shows the maturation of of this team. You know, And I think you know, right from the start of this year, there was a – I know it's not quite the time to look back on everything as of right now. Um, but to make these finals, I think there is a level of achievement that I don't, I don't know if I was quite prepared for them. You know, so I'm, I'm still kind of in shock. I'm still kind of digesting the fact that they're here. <laughs> you know, they've arrived finally. I feel uh, after, I feel yeah, I mean, after I'm, five I'm, or six I'm, years. Yeah, like I, it still hasn't hit me yet. I think until I actually see the court and the two teams at, at midcourt ready to jump the ball when it's going to be, oh, oh, the Celtics are in the finals. Oh, the finals. The finals. <laughs> 12 years later. Holy shit. <laughs> this is what's happening. That's what I'm a little bit worried about. I, <laughs> like, what are the actual Celtics feeling? Well, comparatively to a Golden State team who's yeah. like, oh, yeah, damn right, we're back. We knew we'd be back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're here. We know. So. We just had to get healthy. Yeah, yes. I, I, Sean, I 100% agree. Are they going to be starstruck? But here's the thing. I thought they would have been against Milwaukee in the second round, playing the defending champions. I thought they would have been in the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami. So, and I, and I would have thought in game six, in the game six and seven in both of those series, we would have saw them freeze up. But we didn't. See, they they I, didn't. Yeah, I, I truly think that if they look at any team, they're not intimidated by any team, including the Warriors. What I feel like they're going to get intimidated by is the stage. So, like, like, I think when you look at the Bucks, you look at the Heat, you look at the Nets in the opening round, too, right? You're going up against KD and Kyrie. Like, that's um, so they've shown they're not afraid of any team, but, like, I don't know. I feel I, – I, I'm, I'm hoping – and I know – He's sort of really coaching against this, but this has to be their mentality, you know, following some of the players, hearing some of the comments, seeing some of the social media posts. Like, I, you know, don't get, you're in the fun, enjoy it, but yeah, there's still a job to be done, you know? So, 
Yeah, I mean, comments after uh, Game 7, you know, especially from from uh, Tatum and from Udoka, it's like, yeah, we're going to celebrate tonight. Like, this is, you know, what we worked hard for over the last few weeks just to, to, to make it finally over the hump. But we got work to do. Like, you, you, you could embrace the moment, but at the same time, the, the, the goal wasn't to just come out of the East. The goal was to is to win it all, and yeah. and Adoka's like first few words when he was asked, you know, how does it feel? He was just like, yeah, we, it feels like we still got four more wins before you know we're, before yeah. the job is done. No one remembers who goes to the finals, right? Exactly. Which I'll tell you what those quotes that tells me that Yudoka kind of has a little bit more than maybe a lot of people giving him credit for in terms of how he's kind of kept their heads in the game. Whereas, listen, we all love Brad Stevens, but Brad was kind of. Yeah, go get him, guys. You know, he didn't really have that. Okay, yeah, you're great, but are you that great? You know, right. until until you have that trophy over your head in the finals and you win the four in the finals, he's like, you're just another group of players. And I think finally, you know, maybe that's get it has gotten through to those guys and they understand that. So I'm hoping that the the, the maturity of this team has finally gotten to that level where they're not going to show up and be starstruck and they're going to be there and say, you know what? We still got a job to do, and they understand that. I think your doke is a big reason because of that, or is a big reason for that. Hopefully, yeah. Steph, Steph during his um, his media availability, was like, "You're still going to get those game one jitters, right?" He's, yeah. he's uh, been there. Him and him and the Warriors have been there, you know, six times out of the last eight years. And it's like, once those get out of the way, it's like, all right, it's basketball, and that's yeah. all. And that's all. That's all the two teams are there for is to. The final two teams battling it out, and I think that's going to be natural. The Celtics are still going to—they're still going to feel some of that, like, "Oh my God, I'm in the finals," type of shit. You know, <laughs> I saw a picture where Tatum was pointing at the NBA Finals logo on a chair, like, "Yo, this is what I've been working hard for to to make it to the stage and yeah. embrace yeah. it." But at the same time, <laughs> do what the what needs to be done. So yeah, for sure. First two games on the road for the Celtics. That's the second series in a row that that's that that's happened. Um, does home court matter in this series? No. Does home court matter? See, I I sort of lean towards Zach. I mean, Celtics have been a legitimate road team, more successful on the road this, or as successful on the road this play these playoffs as they've been at home. They, their biggest oh. win. Arguably, Game Seven in the Heat series and Game uh, Game Six in right. the Bucks series. Arguably, their two biggest wins happen on the road. Well, I mean, Celtics are seven and two on the road in this postseason, and five and four at home. Okay. While the Warriors are while the Warriors are nine and zero at home. I think their regular wasn't their regular season record on the road pretty good too. It was. Who it the was. Celtics? Yeah. yeah. Um. They sucked on the road to start the season. But they yeah, sucked. well, there's just overall they sucked. They did have one of the better home records in the league, though, regular yeah. season-wise. So, I, I mean, what, what does that tell you if you have a, a, a better away record? Maybe you're more focused on the road? I don't know. Well, I think I think a lot has to do with the uh, the fact that they haven't lost back-to-back games either. They're 6-0 and following yeah. a loss. So, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. I think it only matters if they go down 0-2. If they go down 0-2, then you're talking about, you know, having to... A quote, must win game three. <laughs> a must win, win coming back home. And that, 
I don't think you necessarily. I, I don't know. It's just that that that's when it could matter. Um, is the series two three in the finals, or do they just do no, the it's, it's, it's the same. The way it's been, the okay. way it's been the whole postseason. They they switched okay. that in the finals a few years back. Actually, they switched that in the finals after the Celtics lost to the Lakers back in two thousand ten. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, maybe that's why it's sticking to the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. It was two three two. Now I it's hate two two one one like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, I, I, but I don't think it's that. I think I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal because of the travel, because of the travel time, because yeah, of the time. yeah, they're fucking going across country. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I think the rest is huge too. You know, these days leading up to it and uh, the time between game one and game two. Game one is Thursday tonight, and then game two is until Sunday. So that will help for injuries of you know Robert Williams, who's I guess listed day to day for the you know the remainder of this playoff run and and smart is you know always listed day to day. Those are the two that are always questionable coming into each game. We all know that the the spotlight is going to be on Steph and, and on Tatum, but what about what about the other guys? Who are you looking to have a big finals here from well, both from looking, both sides? Are you looking for an X factor? Not necessarily because X factor doesn't have to mean. Cause I'm think I'm I'm talking about players like Jalen Brown, like Clay Thompson, you know. An X factor would be like Derek White, or or like Peyton uh, or Peyton Pritchett. Uh, I don't. Oh, I think the teams are so deep that those. Uh, I don't know. I think if you're looking for an X factor, it's gonna. That's not the question. I'm just talking about like, like who are the other players to look out for that are gonna potentially have a big series outside yeah. of Tatum and, and Curry. Yeah, I think the guy that, and he's been doing it all postseason, the guy that's kind of been under, unsung and has been a, a steady presence for the, for the Celts all along is Al Horford. I mean, this is his his time. I mean, 30, what, 35, 36 years old. 35 first, years old, yeah. Getting an opportunity for the first time. I think he's going to seize the moment. And he's the one guy that I'm looking at. And you got to think, He's one of those guys. I know we're saying Robert Williams and Marcus Smart being guys that are beneficiary to getting the extra day in between. But Al Horford being at his age and the minutes that he's taken on, yeah, that's going to be a huge benefit to him too. He's going to get that additional time. So I think he's a guy, especially with a Golden State team that's built from the outside in. You know, I think he's a guy that can really take advantage. I think the the the, the, the pick and roll game with him and Brown and, and Tatum. He should be in line for a pretty good series. I mean, who's going to defend him? You know, you're going to put an undersized Draymond on him, or you're going to try uh, Kayvon Mooney. He might be. Uh, he might be a little bit of a factor here. You know, more, more, or as much, if not more, so than he has been throughout the playoffs in my mind. And then there's always the the three point threat too that exactly can't go uh, undervalued yeah. here. And and they don't they don't have anyone that can defend bigs really. I mean, Draymond. Probably going to be doing some time with Tatum. I would assume. I don't know. I, I mean, what do you guys feel like? You, I mean, they'll probably do it by committee, but there'll be times where he'll be banging with Tatum instead of try, if he's their best defender, trying to lock down Tatum and then give Wiggins to Brown. I mean, that's probably that's what I would do if I was them. But then you are going to leave Horford with a mismatch, right? I I think Horford Horford one hundred percent stretching the floor. Running the offense through him, the pick and rolls we've seen him be able to to get Jason Tatum with a mismatch or get Jalen Brown with a mismatch, I think would be absolutely huge. And you make a good point about the rest because they're like 
there it seems like each one of these seven game series like there's been flashes of of al and then you sort of lose him for a little bit but what do you expect like <laughs> he's 36 he needs playing every other night for 14 straight games that's tough on 36 year old legs so i i totally agree when i'm looking i i i think it's somewhat similar for the Celtics, uh, I mean, Grant Williams has to come and show up to play. He can't go invisible this series, too, because yeah. I think there's going to be if I'm if I'm going to bet on one thing in this series, Grant Williams and Draymond Green are getting into it at one point in this series. They're getting <laughs> like there's others grills, and there's they're, they're going to be separated. I bet you. So I think he brings a little bit of toughness that you need to match up against Draymond. Um, he gives you the ability to continue to switch and put him on any, but I would put, if he's, if he's in front of anybody, but Steph, I'm feeling okay about him staying in front. Like he, he's shown he can guard multiple positions and then another guy that can shoot the three. So I think we picked the same, the same like reasons, but the Celtics have multiple players who could fit that role, which is probably why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, I, I think and this literally just popped in my head. I think this series, for the first time since the Brooklyn series, Boston will have a clear and distinct physical edge on who they're playing in terms of their willingness to rough things up. Uh, because I don't think Golden State, for the most part, with Curry, with Thompson, even Wiggins, and a lot of that bench, they're going to want to play a more finesse game. And they don't you know, if you look at the Dallas series where – you know, they were able to do that. You know, it was either you run with us or, you know, we're going to run you out of the gym. And I think that for the first time since the Brooklyn series, Boston's going to have a clear advantage in that physicality. And outside of Draymond, yeah, I mean, you you might see the series where there's a lot of games with a lot of the Celtics having you know, three or four or five fouls, and they're just going to roll through them and say, you know what, we're going to play, you know, nine, ten deep. We're gonna hack you up a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna muscle up against Curry, which they've already done this year with Marcus Smart, and they're they're gonna make it a physical series on him. So I think that, um, yeah, I mean, that, I think it's a, 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 the, the Grant Williams, Draymond Green showdown. It's awesome. Coming. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, Al's not gonna rough it up with anybody no, no, no. unless it's Giannis. But Grant will get in there. And Marcus Smart, of course, will be probably pouring gasoline all over that fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think on the flip side, though, on about the Warriors real quick, I think this, this, is, this is the first time that they're facing, a, you know, a, a team that has more length, a, a considerable amount of yeah. length, more so than than the Warriors have. Um, like, who, who who really, during their, their, their run to the finals for the Warriors, who was a team that was, like, big – in terms of like Dallas, Dallas was Dallas was not at all Grizzlies. I guess Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. He played he played very well in that series, um, and that was the hardest series they had uh, going into the final, going into yeah. the front. Yeah, yeah, they did lose a game by like yeah, fifty six points, right? Something like that. So, for, so. for matchups, for matchups, that could be that could be your indicator right there. You know, a Memphis team that they're not exactly built like the Celtics but there's a mentality that is kind of similar there so that's a very good point i think it's similar because they have they have defenders that can knock down the three on that team and and that's that's what gave the warriors trouble yeah. and amaranth healthy and doesn't get jordan pulled dirty cheap shot jordan Poole ripping his knee off <laughs> then that series probably goes a little bit farther what did that go 6 
It went six, yeah. 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 And I think they sort of showed you a blueprint of how you can frustrate these. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. These... They didn't whoop that trick hard enough. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I gave you a little bit of a blueprint how you can slow down the Warriors. Now, if I look on the other side of things too, to like the X factor on the Warriors, uh, what Clay Thompson is going to show up? Mm. That's the big question. When I look at like, can we? Stay with these warriors on paper who look like they're going to be, you know, just be able to have unlimited amount of offensive firepower. But I've watched Clay all season since he's come, he's come back pretty intently because of uh, Sway and I's fantasy team. <laughs> the player is hot and cold and has been hot and cold all playoffs, too. Yeah. And, and you're not getting, you're not going to get third quarter Clay. I mean, those days are, are gone, or maybe they're future he's not there yet but i mean he can put up 25 points 30 points in a game and and be that number two guy but there's also games where he shows up and it's what four for four for 15 with 12 points and he just doesn't have it so like what yeah. are you gonna get yeah but that's what they they do have the depth now that you know they they might have been lacking even even before <laughs> even before like you know Durant landed on that landed on that squad, but I mean, they're young. They're young guys. I'm not worried about Jordan Poole at all. All right. I'm not worried about Jordan Poole at all. If Jordan Poole gets on the court and Marcus Smart is out there, he's going to eat his fucking lunch. Like it's not even going to be Jordan Poole. Seems like the softest, streaky player I've ever. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not worried about Jordan Poole at all in the NBA Finals. We're talking about shrinking in the big moments, sir. He will he will prove what he is, uh, and when he's when he's actually being defended and not getting open looks from Steph and Clay being on the court with him at the same time, he's going to be nothing. In this, I, I guarantee that. Right. And, and in a series where, in theory, anyway, the refs are going to let them play a little bit more. They're going to be a little bit more leash. So it's, I think the, the physicality for Boston is going to be the key. This is this is that 1980, what was it, the 83 uh, finals or whatever it was with the Celtics and the Lakers. The Lakers were far more talented, but Boston was more physical. And that's what they did. They just went into it, get more physical, bang them around, set the tone, just like we did against Brooklyn in the first round. And I think that's where it's going to be all at. So, but yeah, I'll, the last thing I'll say on that is um, we got to keep in mind here that a lot of this team, and this is going to be a little bit of a credit given to a past generation here. A lot of this team was built by Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens hand in hand. Yeah. And it was built to beat the prototype of this Golden State Warriors team. This mm-hmm. is what they built this team to do is be able to, uh, switch on your your high pick and rolls, switch on everything on the perimeter, and have at least four, if not five, guys that are interchangeable defenders on anyone on the court. This is the series that they were built for. And, you know, credit to Ainge, credit to Stevens, but this is it. So as much as it is a situation of like, well, you know, it's a huge opportunity, and are they ready, and are they going to be focused? This is what they're all here to do. And it's been this way for like five, six years. This has been the plan all along. And it's here finally. So it's yeah. it's kind of cool that it's ended up this way. But credit to, to Ainge and to Stevens because 
this is what they built and this is what they built for. So it's, it's super interesting in that regard. Hey, I, I 100% agree. And I think we've all had this circle, like when the Celtics were getting close to the finals in those years, we were like, we can get, we can get the Warriors. We got, it. but like, and also like, this is why they never traded Marcus Smart. Yeah. Moment. <laughs> he is the best defender against the Warriors in the league over the past. I mean, granted, sample size, small. But still, he's when he's defending against the Warriors, his his defense and perimeter lockdown defense and how he gets up in people's faces and turn makes them turn the ball over or makes them think twice about shooting or makes them think twice about, you know, uh, having the pick come and set for them or which way they're going off the screen. Like, that type of defense slows down these Warriors, man. It just well, it always happens. Funny thing that you mentioned that because the, the Celtics actually – have the best record against the Warriors over any other team over the last seven years, pretty much when they started their run. Yeah. Nine and five, and the majority of those wins came on the road. Yeah. Against the Warriors. So, take right. that, again, take that whatever it's worth, right? Take that with a grain of salt. Uh, we're, ta- we're taking it as gospel here. On the- <laughs> <laughs> Lock it down. Lock it down. What did you say it was? Nine, nine and five? Nine and five. And the next that, team. That's more, that's more than seven. And that's more than four wins. So yeah. So, and the, and, and the next team after that is the Spurs at 11 and 12. So, that's under 500. Uh, the rest, of the, the rest okay. of the teams are well below 500. So, yeah. just, just friggin' kryptonite. The Warriors kryptonite right here. That's what you can call the Boston Celtics. So, one other thing, too. Talking about the series, and I'm sure we'll get into some some different stories we probably got lined up, Joel. But the one thing I want to be looking for the series, when the Celtics are coming off of, let's call it, let's just call it all playoffs, not playing a team that could really score the basketball in bunches. The Nets should have, they didn't, right? Yeah. The Bucks wanted to slow it down, and they couldn't hit threes if they wanted to. Yeah, without, without Middleton, even yeah, even even more yep. so uh, difficult for them to do that. Yeah, can the Celtics and their offense, like, because I know their defense will slow them down, but can the Celtics score 130 points a night in some of these games if 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 they have to? You think that's what it's going to take in some of these games? They will. I think so. They're the Warriors, man. I do yeah. think that the Celtics' defense will slow them down, but there are going to be nights when. You have to just keep up with the world. Ultimately, it's the best defense against the best offense, right? Because even though, yeah, the Warriors do do play great defense, it's not to the level of the Celtics or just below, just a, a notch below, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's, I think if that's the case, that if the Warriors, you know, run away with a game or two where they are, you know, one twenty or or more, then. Then the Celtics fucked up. <laughs> because that's, yeah, you're, you're losing those games. You're giving yeah. up 120, 130 plus. Yeah. If it ends up, if one of these games end up ends up a shootout between both squads, and you're asking me who would win, uh, you know, it's a, that's a that's a toss up because I mean we've seen the Celtics when they're hot, you know, dropping 22, 23, 24 threes in a game, but when they're not hot, it's awful. All right, I'm just going to throw these these numbers out there, and I know they're not playing the Celtics. Throw them out there. Throw them out there. 130, uh, 142 points, 120, uh, 126, 121 in a loss, uh, 123, 128, 123. You know how many times the Celtics scored 120 points in these playoffs? Once. Once. Yeah. So I'm just saying, even if we can slow them down, and let's say – 
we keep them in the low, the low to mid. Like, I think if you keep the Warriors under 110 points, like you're playing pretty well, good defense. Like that's. Well, the Warriors are averaging about 115, right? Right. So you're going to hold them to, let's say you hold them to 110. You're putting them underneath their average, which is good defense. I mean, the Celtics were winning games. But you got to remember, like, too, that, like, you know, both teams are going to tighten up their, their rotation. We're gonna, you're going seven at the most, I think, from on both ends here. I just think it's something to look out for. No, I, get, if, all right. no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's not necessarily the Celtics can't keep up with them, but how, especially in that Heat series, and you even saw shades of it in the Buck series, they can't go cold. They no, can't no, no. go six minutes without a, without a bucket. Like, yeah. even when they started those Heat games well, and they were up to, like, a 7-1 to one start or something, that was over, like, five minutes of basketball. Well, this, right? is, the only, this is the only team I think that they're, they're about to face right now that they're capable of uh, climbing out of a, a 10, 15, 20-point hole just, just by shooting their way back in. Right, right. And, and so... Like, the Warriors, they're capable of doing it. How many times we saw that? You know, uh, in their in their in their last couple of series, but I agree with the Celtics. Like, if you, it's, it's a game of runs, right? If you if you're able to to hold on to a, a decent sized lead, then they have to they have to do what they've been doing all all playoffs, and that's just lock down defense and just tire them out. And I think the I think the Warriors could could potentially fall into that again if they're shooting if they're hot from from beyond the three point arc. Then that might be easier said than done. Celtics aren't holding the, the Heat I think they match up well regardless, though. No, no, I'm not saying the, that. The but. Celtics aren't holding them to 90 points. Well, I mean, Maybe look. The, they got to show up off, on the offensive end is what I'm saying. They can't. They can play. They have to play really good defense as a bread and butter. I think they're going to play really good defense. But you, you have to, have to be able to get to the free throw line. You have to be able to, you know. I think each team shots yeah drive to the hole and don't rely like you hit if you're hitting threes keep taking them but you can't you can't get off to such a slow start like they have in some of these games because then i think you'll be chasing and the Warriors. no, no are- you're right you're right and i i do i do think that each team will have at least one blowout in this series that's yeah, like you know the 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 warriors they don't even want to bitch and complain if about they They'll be watching. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. If they reach close game, if like the Warriors reach, you know, halftime down by like 20, 25 points, they might just be like, you know what? This is just not our night. So let's just pull our guys. And that might be that, you know, that, that type of, that type of game that we, that we, we may, we may see here. But you can't count out either team, I think, when you, when it comes to double digit leads. But I think the Celtics, they tend to have a hard time putting up points when they're cold from three. Yep, and that's that. That's something to watch out for because even if they're locking down the Warriors, like it's not going to be like those Heat series. You're not holding the Warriors to seven minutes of scoreless basketball. Even your best defense is not going to hold them to that. Like you, they have people are focusing on the defense, and like, yeah, I I agree. They'll play good defense, but you have to play well on both sides of the ball. Cause it, it, even when you're playing great defense, the Warriors, like you said, I think we all know they can score 10 points in 30 seconds. And that's not, that's not Unusual. remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Dallas have a stretch where they shut him down for like a quarter though? 
was it game three or four or something like that where they just went ice cold and they, like shut them down? Well, they, I'm imagining that. There was that in that Memphis game where they scored like 20 points in the first half or some shit crazy. Yeah, they, they packed it. They packed it in because they knew like we're going back to we're going back home, so it don't even matter. Yeah. My two, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, Sean. My only thing is when teams, I mean, it's just mathematics is when or basketball physics, if you will, when teams shoot more threes, you tend to see the other team have more opportunities because if they miss two or three in a row, you can make up points. That's what I hate about the Celtics when they get into this three point, gotta shoot three, gotta shoot three offense, you miss long. You open up fast break basketball, and you can give up leads very quickly. And that's why for Golden State, I almost feel like if they do, if they offensively get sucked in the thin, into the three point line all game long, and they don't try to get to the rim with Curry with Wiggins, which I think from a Golden State side of things, I think Wiggins is the real X factor here. He's got to play well. I think he's, he's the X factor. He's got. He's got to play well because they need someone going to the rim. And I don't think Thompson has the explosiveness. But anyway, if Golden State gets stuck in that mindset of we got to beat them at the three-point line, I hope Yudoka and the Celtics are smart enough to say, okay, you know, we don't have to try to beat. I mean, they have all-time shooters. The Celtics have great shooters, but they don't have all-time shooters compared yeah. to them. You've got to be careful. You don't want to get into those. those oh, well. Like oh, isn't Marcus Smart the number one all-time three-point shooter in Celtics history, or something like that? I hope not. Are you? Are you? That would be a sad are you I'm about to say. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> that doesn't sound factually correct. Not, not, even, not even. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Wait, wait. He has some type of record. I know it's not that, but yeah, he's top. Yeah, I think he's top ten. He might even be top five and threes all time. I think. I mean, he, he passed. He passed like Antoine. He's passed like Avery Bradley. He's passed like players like that. Uh, maybe he's passed. Pierce or something, I don't know. No, he hasn't. <laughs> Pierce is <laughs> still number one and made three pointers, brother. <laughs> still. How dare you? How dare you? Oh, oh, this is what it was. Most threes made in a single game. That's what it was. Jesus. This year he knocked down uh he had eleven. He had eleven three pointers in one game. Remember that? Yeah. But doesn't mean he's uh, the the all time best three point shooter in the Celtics history. What's wrong with you? Um I would say very close, okay? Right. And we're talking about all time. Give them all time right there, single game. All right. This episode of the Cosmic Street Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all your latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casinos and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head to our website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Another thing I want to bring up, turnovers. Believe it or not, the Golden State Warriors average more turnovers. I have been averaging more turnovers than the Celtics in this postseason. Um, uh, obviously, that's been an Achilles heel for the Celtics, especially in their losses in, this, in the postseason. Uh, they have to take care of the ball. Can't be with these careless passes. Um, 
what do what what are our, what are our thoughts there? Like, do do you think they clean that up or uh, predicate more to how the Warriors want to want to do things? Like, bro, turnovers has been the the one thing you can point to. Friggin' every single loss they've had, it seems like this postseason has been turnovers. But the war the Warriors defense, I don't necessarily think is. And I probably took the stat and probably they led the league in like forced turnovers. But I just don't feel like they're a turnover type defense more than like like must the Miami Heat. More so like taking taking advantage of like yeah. when someone <laughs> you know makes a lazy pass type of thing. Right. right. The Miami Heat forced turnovers. Oh yeah, yeah. They were they were swiping left and right, yeah. The the Giannis forced turnovers, Drew Holiday forced turnovers, but I just don't feel like the Warriors play that way. I mean, I feel like they're more predictive team defensive taking chances here and there d- diving into the passing lanes but they're not gonna be up and swipe the ball i just don't feel like they're that type of team that has those type of defenders so maybe the Celtics can play well against that type of team but also the lazy passes that have plagued us too uh could even plague us even more if, if they're if they're you know taking those type of chances but yeah i i think in game one you're going to really be able to assess how much of an issue that's going to be because I think what we've seen, at least in the games that I have watched now, I'll be, I'll admit I missed, um, I missed the last two games, but games, of course, game six and seven, I was traveling. Um, how, but, how dare you? this man. But um, it feels like when they've run into issues with the turnovers, it's been typically high pressure. You know, and, and and high pressure, a lot of it on Jason Tatum, to be honest. It feels like they teams have kind of tried to go up, defend him at the three, trap him, and force him into a bad pass when they initiate the offense. And I think in game one, we're going to be able to tell pretty quickly how aggressive Golden State's going to get on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and anyone that isn't a... Marcus Smart or Peyton Pritchard or Derek White initiating that offense. And I think that's where we've seen some of the issues. You've had good perimeter defenders getting in, you know, those guys who are okay ball handlers. I I venture to say Jalen Brown's not a very good ball handler at all. If he gets forced to his left, he looks like me out there. It's it's awful. Um, And then Tatum, I mean, if he's got his time, he can handle, but he's not really a guy that I would say is a primary ball handler. He's not someone I would want initiating an offense as often as he does. Um, but I think that high pressure and that trap is going to be really where you're going to be able to tell quickly. If Golden State's aggressive out there, the turnovers could be an issue. That could be a problem. Um, but if they play like like I think they're going to, like Sean was saying, where they're going to be a little bit more kind of read and react, you're probably going to be all right. I think you're going to be all right in that regard. I think Boston turning over Golden State is going to be a big thing, but that's also going to be a a, um, a byproduct of the fact that I think Boston's going to be aggressive. They're going to go after them. They're going to be physical. They're going to set that tone. And I would say, in assuming this series goes at least six games, I'd say half, if not more than half, of the games they're going to be you know, hyper-aggressive. They're going to go after these guys and they're going to go after, you know, the, the turnover battle and they should win the turnover battle in most of those games. Okay. The one thing that has sort of plagued the the Warriors offense too, 
I mean, I'm just looking at some of the stats. I mean, I mean, they're averaging uh, 14 turnovers a game. I mean, that's similar to the Celtics' turnover woes. So, I mean, if they're not going to be careful with the ball as well, I mean, if they, you know, then that that's like that could be it. That that could be where we win some of these close games is if we can force those turnovers. And again, the Warriors did that against whoever the hell they played in the first round, the Grizzlies and then the Mavericks, who none of those teams play defense at all. <laughs> so, I mean, they force a couple turnovers here and there. The Warriors don't take care of the ball. Then we're talking about 18, 19, 20 turnovers in a game, and you're not going to win like that against the yeah, exactly. I think another big another big sub story. I think is going to be the rebounding battle. If Boston wins the rebounding battle, game in and game out, they're going to win most of these games, and they're going to win the series. And they should the rebounding battle. They should. They've got the length. They've got the better rebounders on their team. I think if they are rebounding well, because here's the thing: you got to think about it. Boston's going to defend the three point line better than anyone else. Golden State's played all year long. We know that. If they are forcing them into bad shots, if Golden State is not hitting and just unconscious hot, they're going to be giving up rebounds. They're going to be giving up fast breaks. And that transition game where Boston, when they're running, is thriving. They, that, those are the games where they win by 30, 40 points. And they blow the team off of the, off the map. If they're rebounding and not giving second shots to Golden State and they're defending that three-point line like we know they're capable of, they could win this series, and they can win it faster than I think a lot of people are thinking, to be honest, which I know is a little uh, little, a little uh, touchy to say that. But in all honesty, because Golden State's only 100% advantage in this series, in my opinion, going into it, is scoring. They're shooting. Yeah. They're shooting. You know, they have all-time great. They have two of probably the top five shooters in the history of the game on that team, and a few other guys that are pretty good. That's, but, where, I get, that's where I get stuck, Zach, because if we're talking about, like, breakdown basketball, Rebounds, turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you win the game. The fact is, though, the Warriors have proven they can overcome that with historic shooting. <laughs> so that's what sucks. That's what that. That's why we're like sitting here, like thinking this is this is like if we're if we're looking at forget about the names of the teams and you're just looking at the numbers. It's like, of course, the Celtics have. Yeah, they win the series. They win the series on, on paper and on paper in normal basketball context, they win it. They win it because they're they're going to out rebound. They're going to they're going to force turnovers. They're going to play great defense. They're going to score. Like they're going to move the ball. They're going to probably have more assists than the Warriors. Steph Curry can go out for forty points in a quarter. Like that's realistic. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's just and then the intangibles about being there before. So we'll see. I'm a little bit torn about. Where this goes, I I mean we'll we'll talk about predictions probably in a little bit, but like we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean we we, we felt the same way against uh, like Miami. Uh, like they were supposed to be the better rebounding team, and that wasn't the case like five out of the seven games. The games that got dominated, those were BAM games. Like BAM showed up and not the Warriors don't nah, have a BAM. BAM BAM showed up once and they got they Pulled within one when they were down like 26 with no Jimmy Butler in the second half. And then there wasn't another BAM game. If you want to say a game seven was a BAM game, all right. You can say a game seven was a BAM game. I, but I mean, rebounding wise, I'm not talking about total domination. Oh, okay, but they, all right. They, they have like the best rebounder on the Warriors. Who is it Draymond? Yeah. Kevin Looney? It's probably Draymond. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not worried about Otto Porter. Yeah, Grant. <laughs> will dominate the boards in this series. Never mind Tatum. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Butler was gone for a half of a game, and and he didn't. He, he played like shit in two and a half games of of, of the series, and he, he still nearly pulled off beating the Celtics single handedly in those last few minutes of the game seven. I mean, I'm looking at it at both sides here when it comes to one player that can take over. I mean, you say it's Steph, Sean. Do you believe the same thing, uh, Zach? That it's, it's Steph can can still can still do that at 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 33 years old, 34 years old. Well, less so than what we saw, you know, four and five years ago. You know, I, I don't think he is. I don't think he's got the the energy and endurance to do that at 33, the way that he did that, because then he could take over a series and he could do it, you know, three, four, five games where he would be the absolute horse all the way through. No questions asked. I think he can do it in pockets, which, which is enough. You know, if he can take over a quarter, he can change a game. And, you know, I think Curry is still the most dangerous player in this series and and in all truth. And can he be equaled by a Jason Tatum? I don't think so. And that's no knock on Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, I think, is the most talented player we've seen in Boston in you know, 40 years. Easy. But at the end of the day, Steph Curry is one of the greatest offensive threats, offensive guards, and maybe the greatest guard offensively that we've ever seen. Or point guard, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a couple others that come into the equation, too. But you know, in terms of <laughs> point guards... but um yeah i mean in pockets he can still absolutely do it he can absolutely shift the game very quickly but i'll be honest i mean in the games that i watch in the dallas series and the memphis series this golden state team it's a great team they've got a lot of great attributes but i did not see the same team that i saw in their championships several years ago i did not see a team that was the same quality that was like an all-time team this is a good team it's a very good team i mean to come out of the west and and be able to be the team that's in the finals that's great but yeah i think this, I think that's a, the only... this team is much closer to its competition than what we've seen in the past which is yeah. why i look at it and say i don't know how i feel about this series quite yet it's going to take probably three games before i can really sit in and just yeah. be like okay now i have an understanding of what this is going to look like and, and i'll tell you what austin can win the first three games that's not out of the question, you know. But um, you know, for me, Golden State, I, I think Curry is going to be a huge part of it. But I think I think it's going to be that second grouping of guys, like your, but like Sean said, I think he's right on. Clay Thompson has had some games where you've looked at him like, who's that guy? Who's wearing Clay's jersey tonight? Because that's that's not the Clay Thompson I remember. And then you know Andrew Wiggins, who's had a a renaissance season where he's looked like. The player we thought he was back in that draft when we wanted to, we wanted him so badly, you know, he's looked like that guy this year. But um, you know, matchups are going to be a big part of this as well, and and you know, there's um, certainly some some uh, bench factors that you got to take into consideration. But uh, yeah, I mean, 123 combined finals experience versus zero goose egg. <laughs> I think and- I think that's the only advantage they have, and then. From a, 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 I guess, a casual basketball fan, they'd be like, well, you know, the Celtics probably don't have a chance here. You know, it was a great season. They, you know, they made it all the way to the finals, but this yeah. might be the end of the line for them. You're right, Zach. On paper, Celtics could easily win this in six games, right? But 
it depends on the mindset of the the Warriors. Like, you know, what do they have to prove? Right. That's that. That's, yeah. that's been their whole thing. Like, we didn't make the playoffs the last two seasons. If we were healthy in 2019, we would have won it. We would have beat Toronto. Uh, the year that they lost to Cleveland. Oh, if uh, Draymond didn't get suspended, they would have won it. Like, they, they have all these. They they don't forget shit yeah. like that. And the Celtics, what they need to you know hang their hat on is we don't care. We don't care. Like, this is what, yeah. you know, this is the role we decided to take. We wanted Brooklyn. We wanted uh, Milwaukee. We wanted Miami. Because those are the three teams that ended our season early the last three years. So this time around, and I agree with you guys, that's a great point you guys brought up at the beginning of the episode. The Celtics were always built or like that was the matchup that everybody wanted, the Warriors. We want the Warriors because the Warriors are homegrown and the Celtics are, are we're, we're, they're trying to do the same and, you know, adding a couple of veteran pieces. Now these two teams are here. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's tough to gauge this series. I'll throw another reason why it's tough to gauge the series. Celtics are a significantly younger team, minus Al Horford. Yeah, so Al, you, I was the only person, only player over thirty on this team. Yeah, right. But you feel like, so you feel like they'd have more more legs. The top four players in average minutes per game this playoffs are on the Celtics. I'm, I'm not shocked because Udoka, Udoka, Udoka rides his seven, eight-man rotation hard. <laughs> Al's 36 minutes a night during the playoffs. Bro, even the, the beginning of the season, that was my that was my knock on, on Udoka. Like, why like why do they go out in the summer and get all these, you know, veterans if he's only going to stick with seven, eight guys? But this is what he's done the whole fucking season. He ain't going to change it up now. I'm just saying the, the Celtics, can they last they set another seven-game series? Three straight seven-game series of playing these guys. The minutes are going to go up for these guys. Probably not Al, but the minutes are going to go up. Tatum's going to damn near pull Jimmy Butler minutes. But <laughs> he may be up to 46 tonight with just a breather here or there. All right, right now Tatum is leading the team at 41 minutes. Jalen yeah. Jalen at 38, Smart at 36, Horford at 36.7, and then, and then it's Grant Williams. So, I mean, Robert Williams is averaging about 21. So I don't know if you want to keep him around there or if he's healthy enough to play more than that. Robert needs to play more freaking minutes, man. He could not be a 20, 20 minute a night but player. But how effective is he if he's not like, you know, 60 or 70% Robert Williams? We've talked about I this. Get out there for 30 minutes a night. He is 24 goddamn years old, right? But he's not, he doesn't have 24 year old knees. Yeah, he's, he's got Greg. He's got the Greg Oden. I mean, I mean, I mean, got better knees than his dude, man. Yeah, and Horford's about to turn thirty six the day after the game one. Yeah. What? So how old are? How old are? Robert I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't. Forty. I can't gauge on that. Can you? Can you? I don't know. I don't know. There's I, some I, days where he looks like he's an eighteen year old out there, but then like the next day or like you know hours after a game, it's like oh he, he's his shit's sore. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like it sounds I, bad when they say sore, but like. People forget it's is a surgically repaired uh, meniscus, right? That's what it is, a partially torn meniscus. Uh, meniscus. I'm sorry, meniscus, whatever. Predictions, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we got? Initially, uh, initially I said I said six. I'm sticking with that. Against the Nets, I said five. They swept them. Against yeah. uh, uh, Milwaukee, I also said five, and I went seven. Uh, against Miami, so I said six. But so you're you're under like one. I said six against Miami. I was I don't know if 
I don't know who was more pissed than I was. Obviously, the players were. But other than that, after game six, I was just like, what the like, I don't know what the fuck was yeah. going to happen in game seven, to be honest. And I don't think you want to go across the country in the game seven. But that's just me. Yeah. You gladly go if you force a game seven. Then you're like, this. <laughs> well, yeah, Two you're totally right. Different things. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If, there's a, if they're able to wrap it up in six. Okay, you're right. If they're able to wrap it up in six, you don't want to go. Across the country, right? This is different from going three hours down south than six across country. So, yeah, I'm I'm going Celtics in seven. I've been doing it every single series so far. Uh, seems to be working out in our favor. Same guy. <laughs> this is the same guy. The same guy. You shit on Durant. You shit on Curry, but yet you're afraid of him when it comes to the fucking playoffs. I'm just realistic (laughs) (laughs) that's the first time you've ever said that by the way on this podcast realistic wow fucking true thing ever of all time uh i would i would have taken averages or averages because they're averages (laughs) i'll put it this way there is nothing more that i'd like to do to sit here and be like florida that's all i want to do but it hasn't worked out I'm not going to do that. I'm picking the Celtics in seven because that is the way. It is the way. If it was up to you, it'd be it'd be 100 and 0, right? They'd just sweep through the season, sweep through the Let's playoffs. 98 and 0. 98 0. The best, the best team ever then at that point. Yes. Yeah, 98. All right. Yeah. Zach, I mean, I know you said it was tough to gauge, but, and you say you need to take like, what, like three games before you have an idea where it's going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go with they either win it in six or lose it in seven. Oh, so you're, I think if you go to seven, I think you're in trouble going across cross country in their house with their experience and with the guys that have done it before. But then again, I think that's going to be a tall task. Then again, like they've done it time and time again yeah, in this postseason. Jane done in the finals. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう。そう
And also, we're talking final step. We're not talking regular season. Yeah, shimmy this, step. the same we're final talking- step who hasn't won an MVP. I get, you. I get. Never, Mister never won an MVP. Mister yep. averaging twenty points a game in the finals, something like that. Uh, Mister that step. That's, that's where that's where Smart steps in. <laughs> Hell yeah! And speaking of my bold prediction, I think that when it's all said and done, I don't know if he'll win the trophy, but we're going to look back on it and say that Marcus Smart was the most valuable player in the Celtics finals win. They go dollar out. Finals game winning plays. That's what Marcus Smart's going to bring in this series. As long as he knows when to shoot and when not to shoot, I believe it. That's the only thing. Shoot the ball when you're open, Marcus. Don't listen to these motherfuckers. (laughs) If you're open, shoot the damn ball. One for 12. One for 14. Oh, God damn it. Stop shooting, Marcus. Please, God. Hey. Everyone wants to bitch about the end of that game. He was open on all five of those shots in the fourth quarter. To his credit, to his credit he's done He's done less of that since the turnaround. No, yeah, he, now. that's been – I will go to the grave saying if they win the finals this year, the reason they won the finals was because Marcus Smart realized he needed to be a point guard and yep. not a shooting guard. That would be 100 – I would stand by – and you know how critical I've been of it, but Marcus Smart the last five years. They actually told him. I would like, 100%. Yeah, they actually told him, "No, you're gonna you're gonna be our point guard," because yeah. like, and he took and he's taken it on in the second half of this year. And he right now, you're gonna get flashier numbers from Tatum. You're gonna get you know flashier numbers from Jalen Brown. You're gonna get some awesome shot blocking and rebounding from Robert Williams. But Marcus Smart in that role, him embracing that role, is why they're here right now. No doubt in my mind. Mm. Six assists in the playoffs, on average, for Marcus Smart. Uh, would, you have, would you have? Would you have expected that going into the playoffs? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Tatum was right there. Tatum was like what five point eight, five point seven, something like that. He's, he's uh, right there. Yeah, they're, they're both. They're both yeah. passing the ball. Yeah. Tatum is arguably his best trait this playoff is getting everyone involved. Mister First Teamer, bro. Mister First Teamer. First Teamer. And Zach, here's my thing. I don't want to hear anybody bitching about Marcus Smart taking open shots. Now, if you want to talk about he needs to make his open shots, that's a different conversation. But the fact that people sit there and go, why is Marcus Smart shooting the ball in the last two minutes of a game? Because he's wide fucking open. They're double teaming Tatum and they're manning up on Brown. How How many how many has he made during this postseason run? I'm telling you, tell me about he's, 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 he's I, I still think he's one of the better streak shooters in the NBA where he 100%. can get hot for, you know, eight, ten shots in a row. And then after that, it goes away or whatever. But and he I, hit the free throws to, to lock down the game. He hit the free throws that needed to be hit. Taking them, no, not a problem. But there also has to be a situational awareness because if you don't need a three ball and it's just an open three and you got 15 seconds on a shot clock, that's moronic. I'm sorry. That's bad situational awareness. He's at, so there is he's there at, are situations that you got to take into consideration. He's at forty percent from the field. That's from the field. Yeah, or from three. <laughs> no, from three. From three, he's at thirty-three yeah. percent. Those are Marcus Smart numbers. I mean, what do you want from him? That's Marcus, so, that's that's Marcus that's Smart. Smart. You know what I mean? But he's he's a damn streaky thirty-three percent shooter. He is. He is. What's the What's he, the league he's, average? He's, like he's, like thirty five. He's, so he's a five that up, far, five huh? down, or he's an over five. I'm telling you, he can go, he can go two for twenty two, or he can go eleven for twenty two. He's done it. He can, he can do it. I mean, I've I mean, seen, at, least he's, at least he's not Derek White twenty seven percent. Come on, guys, come on, let's give, uh, let's give uh, guys some credit. Yeah, there's one thing, and that was crazy in Game Seven. He was lights out for three. 
game like six, bro. <laughs> that was a waste. <laughs> they wasted the game six of like the best performance of 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 like White's career, or at least in the Celtics jersey. And and talk about another X factor, Derek White, be able to defend their guards. Lock yeah. He played really well. If he can give you anything on offense, we got it. But oh, when he shoots a three, though, like that. Now, if we want to complain about someone taking a shot, like <laughs> here all day and bitch about Derek White taking a shot because since the, the only Celtic in the past couple of years that I've dreaded taking a shot more than Derek White from three is Evan Fournier because that <laughs> motherfucker when he was open for three. He sucked, and he was supposed to hit threes. That made it even worse. <laughs> and I'd like, I don't want to bring it up. There I would like to, I would like to uh, send a message to all Nick fans who laughed at the Celtics for letting them get Kemba and Evan Fournier in the offseason. and they laughed at us for letting them go. What a horrible franchise to root for. <laughs> you, you, you sad sons of bitches. You know what I mean? You laughed at us for letting Kemba go. What a, what a bunch of losers. <laughs> All right. All right, Zach, on that note, where can they find you on the interwebs? Because you're back and forth on Twitter. It's just, it's just getting better and better every time I fucking, uh, See you tweet about soccer. Tweet about the Red Sox. You're, oh there's... God, it's. Uh, I mean, just summer just gets hotter, you know. But uh, oh, and, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry about you know the uh, Liverpool shitting all over the field yeah, the other day. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was I missed the other day. Happened. It happened two times in a row, huh? No. Well, the Met- City won their last game, so they couldn't. Yeah, that's what I mean. You lost two. Two, but that's that was out of their hands. That was out of their hands. Yeah. Their <laughs> you lost and, two championships in, in, in like a week. So that's yeah. No, no, it, wasn't, no, no. it wasn't a good week. That's for sure. No, that's, <laughs> no the, yeah. real, the real the moral of the story <laughs> here. The moral story here is fuck Real Madrid. That's the that's the moral story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fuck Real Madrid, which I can now successfully say I never liked rooting for them. I never <laughs> liked. Oh, you knew you knew that. I never liked rooting for them. But I had. To. Yeah. I got to hear. I got to hear from Papa Pavone all all damn week. Yeah, he, that's his squad. No, Liverpool wasn't done like cleaning up their bowel movement in the Premier League, and then oh, they got smacked by. And they should have. They had so many chances at the end of that game. They just choked, just like they did. They did. And now they've got what three or four guys that are talking about leaving too. So that's gonna be a whole new team. So yeah. Anyway, at OTW Sports Radio on Twitter, we are. Uh, I mean, this finals is gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I gotta find new victims out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> Easy enough. We got to find a few Golden State fans, which I think everyone under the age of like 20 is a Golden State fan. So it should be easy enough. Yeah, they're either literally from San Francisco, originally not imported, which is like very rare for San Francisco, I think, nowadays. It's less and less. And then they weren't they in? Wait, they're now in San Francisco? Or yeah, they yeah no, they're in San Francisco yeah. now. They were in they're, Oakland. Now they're in San Francisco. The Chase Center is now in San Francisco. Well, that's okay, what, yeah, yeah. So, so wait, hold on. Yeah, so Oakland, I feel like are Lakers fans, right? They're Raiders fans, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see them having the the huge following. And yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, outside of China and and new NBA fans. And anti-LeBron fans, because for a while there, I was a Warriors, Warriors, you know, cheerleader when he went up against, when they went up against LeBron. Yeah, there's no real, there's no, there's no diehard Warriors fans. There isn't. 
They're all mannequins, bro. They're basically Miami fans, but yes, just on the West Coast. One thousand percent Miami fans. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, when you start throwing things, they're basically at, Lakers fans, but just further north. I mean, you, when you start throwing things at Charles Barkley, oh, that's fucked up. Uh, you, you've gone too far. Bitches. Yeah, man. I mean, up, I mean, I I agree. I agree. There is no. I, I would put it out there. There is at that stadium is going to be probably full with like seventeen percent actual Warriors fans, and the rest are just bandwagon, ring chasing, Steph Curry, bobbing. <laughs> you know, just not. They're, they're the Kevin Durant of basketball fans. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, Zach. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for filling in. We appreciate it. Until we meet again. Yeah, go Celtics. We'll see what we can do, man. Oh, you guys are pretty, uh, pretty mean with the uh, the the Warriors fans there. But I mean, nine and zero at home. I don't know if it's as much to do with the uh, the home crowd, but the, the Celtics are they're still capable of uh, you know pulling out victories on the road, especially in a place in a hostile environment. I mean, ask the ask the the Nets fans, ask the uh, the Bucks fans. Ask the Heat fans who show up, you know, halfway through the second quarter. Right. It can, it can be done. It can be done. You know what I mean? So. Just comparatively, comparatively to, you know, the Celtics fans, it seems like uh, they, they, they don't stand a chance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got a special, in case you missed it, it's a finals edition where I'm just throwing out random uh, – Neato facts, neato stats, if you will. All right. I figured, you know, we had a uh, had a good conversation on the preview of the series. So here's maybe some things that uh, you, you might have missed or you, you didn't know. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. Uh, when it comes to the Celtics, their chance to win the NBA Finals, according to ESPN, their uh, good old basketball power index, eighty six percent to fourteen. That's a bit high. Yeah, I don't know really, if I believe that. Really weird. I don't understand it. It's all those advanced statistics, which I think, you, like you said on the thing earlier, like advanced statistics really don't matter in the finals. That's across the season. Yeah. When averages can become averages, and you know, because they're averages, right? Of course. Like, there's bigger so I've heard. Seven game series don't matter. I don't care. Doesn't matter. It, it is what it is. Now, like, now, I, I, now I gotta ask. Have you seen the uh, Vegas numbers when it comes to this series? Yes. Do you believe them, or you're still? Well, they have they have the Warriors as a as a as a favorite. I know that, and I've only really looked at Game One, and I know they have them favored by like three and a half points. So then, really, what they're saying if they're the home team, they're only favored by about a half point difference. So I would sort of lean with Vegas more. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna say who's the betting favorite, I mean, they want people to put the money on, you know, in a, in a, in a series as close. You want them to bet with their heart, not their not their stats, and they're gonna put money on the Warriors. So yeah. All right. In case you missed it, Jason Tatum, who was awarded the Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals MVP, is- yeah. 
is one of four players in NBA history to reach the finals, averaging 25, 5, and 5 before turning 25. You know who the other uh, three players are? Um, Before turning 25, let's go with LeBron James. Yep. Let's go with Tim Duncan. Nope. Okay. Kobe? Yes. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to get this last one. How old? So this is before turning 25, right? So how, how like seasons wise, like in our era? Yeah, our era. Yeah. Yeah. We watched, we watched this. Yeah. This is, I mean, this, this player retired within the last two years. Uh, Vince Carter? No, Vince Carter never went to the finals, bro. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Um, let's go with Dirk Davis. Nope. Dwayne Wade. Ah, Dwayne Wade. Remember, yeah, remember his uh, the '06 run. Yep, yep. That was his second year in the league, and it's uh, it's good when you have Shaq on your on your it roster. Is. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed him. Dirk must have been close. No, no, because when he made his first Finals appearance, I think he was he was definitely older than twenty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. All right. With the Celtic Game Seven win. They were awarded the Bob Cousy Eastern Conference Finals Trophy. And with that win, the Celtics are all-time in Game 7s on the road, 5-4. and four. No other franchise has more than two wins in a road Game 7. And no other franchise has a winning record on the road in Game 7s. Celtics have showed up in, in, in their... They've played a lot of Game 7s. Like every series, they never make it easy. This goes back been two last time we made it to the championship in the finals i think it was a seven game series for both of those 08 and 2010 runs yeah the the least amount of games that they played in that run was against the pistons in the eastern conference final six and the lakers obviously in six they could have wrapped that up in five but i mean i'll, I'll go to the grave you know with that steal by kobe on 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 Pierce at the end of game the end of game five was a foul but that's just me in case you missed it with that uh that game seven win. Al Horford now. You can erase him from the list of most NBA playoff games played without reaching the NBA finals. He has ended his streak at 141. The thing of beauty. 141. His 15th NBA season. Every year, except for last season when he was in Oklahoma City, he's made the postseason. He made to the Eastern Conference Finals three times, one with Atlanta. No, four times, actually. Three with Boston and one with Atlanta. And take a guess who's next on the list for the most games played without reaching the NBA Finals. Still an active player. All right. Let's go. Actually a former teammate of Horford. It's not Chris Paul? Nope. Nope, not on this list. At least not in the one, two, three, four. Oh, he made the Finals last year. Obviously. Come on, Sean. But I don't know how many playoff games he played before he made it to the final. But he's not. He's not on yet. Um, uh, I said he's a former teammate of Horford. So, you know, Chris Paul was never a teammate of Horford's. Right. Former teammate of Horford. Um, probably going to be James Harden? No. No. no he, they weren't teammates. I'm not, a, I'm not even close. Uh Harden obviously made the finals with the Thunder too, you friggin' moron. <laughs> go with uh let's go with Oh my wow, it's been ten years by the way since he made the last time he made the finals. 
That's crazy. He's probably catching up to start a new thing. Um, him and him and uh, Westbrook. It's been ten years with both of them. Yeah. Uh, and they probably played a very similar amount of playoff games too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Paul Millsap. There you go, bro. Paul Millsap, 130 games. I thought it was gonna be a bigger name, but 130 games. Yeah, that would make sense because he went from. He was on all of those Hawks teams and then went to the Jazz, right? And the Nuggets or whatever. And yeah, yeah not, not, they're not making finals. And and a bonus, the, the the next person on the list, also former teammates of Millsap and Horford. Not Kyle Horford. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. Jeff nope. D? Nope, nope, nope. Joe Johnson. There you go, Joe Johnson. Oh, but he's he made it. He's on the. He's getting a ring with the Celtics. But he's not on the active roster, man. Dude, oh, that's tough. That's 120 tough. games without reaching the NBA Finals. And rumor has it he might get a ring if the Celtics win it. I don't know how true that is. I and mean, he did score two points in his only appearance, <laughs> so that's good for him. And speaking of Al Horford, because the Celtics have reached the finals, his uh, salary for next season will increase. From fourteen point five to nineteen point five mil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to have a guaranteed of twenty six point five mil, and that's only if the Celtics win the championship. But according to a report, the Celtics will guarantee the full twenty six point five mil for next season, regardless of outcome. I think he deserves it. I think so. Yes, that that next season will be his final year from a four year deal that he signed with Philly. Back in 2019. Well, speaking of Al Horford, one of the biggest things about this series that I'm really interested in seeing is if Al Horford does sneak his way into being NBA Finals MVP. Oof, that'd be he's at, he's at plus ten thousand odds right now to win the MVP. So that means if you put down a hundred dollars, you're winning ten thousand dollars. I see. I see. You've been peeping. You've been peeping the. Uh... Yeah. Um, the last big $10,000, I mean, 10 plus 10,000 thing to hit was when Leicester city won the, uh, oh, oh, yeah, Premier League. They won the Premier League. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were plus 10,000. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So if you bet $50 on Al Horford, you get throwaway money for 50 bucks. In case you missed it, other than Al Horford. Jalen Brown actually earned a uh, $964,000 bonus for the Celtics reaching the finals. He's also had two additional bonuses worth about, you know, $482,000 uh, for the Celtics reaching the second round and whatnot. Uh, he is supposed to win a, another bonus if the Celtics win it all, but that's undisclosed. But speaking of Jalen Brown, he is a new signee of uh, Kanye West's Donda Sports. Yeah, I saw this, and I'm definitely going to hold my comments for after the finals. If, All right. Let's let's hold this for the off season, uh, and then we can either if he, win, if he wins MVP, though you can't say nothing. I ain't gonna say shit. All right, yeah. all right, all right. That's that, a, that's a, that's a stipulation there. He doesn't win, so you know. According to the reports here, you know, uh, Mr. Jalen Brown, he's uh, he's joining up with Kanye West's uh, marketing firm. I guess you want you can call it, and he calls it. The start of a beautiful collaboration became public this week that the Celtics forward was the first NBA player to sign with Donda Sports. So the company is like a larger like clothing line. 
So as of now, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Aaron Donald recently joined the firm as well. And quote, it was time for me. Like I said, anytime I make a life decision, I contemplate. Think about things deeply, Brown said. And from what I do, the missions I want to get accomplished, it was the right decision. End quote. Yeah. I mean, he's he is a free agent. He's a free shoe agent because uh, I don't know if you've noticed during the season, he's he's worn every type of shoe from Nike to New Balance to uh, Under Armour, all 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 types of shoes, and he still hasn't gotten a contract. He he was signed with uh, Adidas back in his rookie season, so that 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 deal expired before the beginning of this season, and he's still actively searching for another shoe deal, reportedly. So. Oh. Is he gonna wear Yeezys? I mean, I wouldn't discount that. <laughs> I don't know how comfortable comfortable they are to play ball in. I hear they're comfortable to walk around in. I don't know about if they're a good balling shoe, good shoe to ball up in. I can't tell you one way or another. I don't. I don't like. I don't like it. One. Well, I, you know what? Like I said, like I said, one way, one way or another. We'll talk about this after the. Uh, I'm not gonna harsh anyone's vibe right now with my uh with your take yes (laughs) all right that's gonna do it for this nba finals edition of uh in case you missed it you can uh follow us on all social media platforms at causeway street oh real quick shout out to the fucker who tried to hack the uh causeway snapchat last week yeah fuck you dick nice try but it didn't happen so hmm Follow us on on Snapchat for some video and 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 images from out at the Chase Center. Sway is out there right now as we speak. And for all your NBA Finals coverage, hit up CausewayStreet.com. Thanks again for uh, Zach for coming through. He's uh, one of our writers there at CausewayStreet.com. And don't forget subscribe to our After Hours. That's Causeway After Hours on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Causeway from for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash Causeway. Uh any last uh thoughts before this series? No, go Celtics. That's it. Go Celtics. That's that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> As always, Black Lives Matter. Let's stop agent hate. Stand with Ukraine. By the way, Ukraine, one win away from making it to the World Cup. Excellent. Nothing but uh, good vibes for the country of Ukraine. And Celtics are back in the finals. Damn, that's, okay, that's oh. just good. This is good to say. Still hasn't hit me yet, but once game one tips off, I'm going to be one happy camper. This is going to be one hell of a series. Back in the finals, back in Cali. And until next time, we are out. Peace. Peace.